Welcome to Splunk Talk! I, I like the fade out there. <laughs> A Splunk podcast that's all Splunk and no junk. I am Bert here with... Hal. <laughs> and this is an episode where we're going to talk to Melissa Perez and Renita Didata about Tech Talks. But before we go any further... I want to point out that this is episode of season two, episode 23. So we're going to have to use scientific notation at some point. X, X, <laughs> I, I, I. You Roman that's, numerals, but I'm not going to. It's yeah, okay. sci- science and Roman. That's the yeah. same thing. Um, Hal, I saw you swivel away. Uh, did you want us to see something about your, your background? No, no. I mean, I, I just, um, there's been some interesting news lately, and I don't have any comment on it whatsoever. Oh, is this an allusion to the monolith or the monolith that hadn't not be there anymore? I may or may not have had anything to do with the multiple monoliths appearing around the world. You can't confirm so. nor deny? I cannot. Um, speaking of Hal and uh, the movie, um, I it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I knew that Hal was um, supposed to be symbolic of IBM in letters, at least. Mm-hmm. Yep, one so step better was yeah. the, the thing. And I worked at IBM for a couple of years. Really? And I tried so hard to get the email address hal at ibm.com and they wouldn't do it. Uh, the closest I got, they wouldn't get rid of the... Um, I had Hal at us.ibm.com. Oh. It was close, but I did actually have Hal at hp.com when I worked there. Yeah. And so I have that, Hal that's at why you. Right now. Yeah. And that's why you left IBM, right? Because they wouldn't yeah. give you the email address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We, we couldn't agree on that. So it was irreconcilable. <laughs> irreconcilable differences. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, what do you, th- uh, you know, speaking of all splunk and no junk, what do you think of the monolith? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's, I guess it's just kind of like a picture of the times. It's like somebody needed something to break them out of the, the, you know, the normal and the, uh, the not so normal things this year. And yeah, when I saw the headline, I was like, yep, something else. (laughs) this is what happens when everyone is bored. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so let Let's bring it back to Splunk. Um, so this is episode 23. Mm-hmm. We've got a bunch of, uh, that we're, we're just finishing up on from a Conf. A shed load of them. A shed load. Is it nine? Sh- I think there were nine that we did. There were nine, plus we have one more episode about Splunk for Good mm-hmm. that precedes this one that has yeah. not yet been published. Okay. Then we'll have this one. So when are people going to listen to this episode right now? At the rate that we edit them, six years. <laughs> so by the time you listen to this one, now we have we're, since we're retired from the company. <laughs> we can drop them in, you know, one. one it's like a message in the in. bottle. Yeah. So do you know anything about message buses and queues, that, that kind of technology? Um, I, I can, uh, I, 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 a little bit, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think about a lot in the sense the, of my day job uh, working with uh, DSP, the data yeah. stream processor product. 
Yeah. And it's just an interesting area where I've, um, they've always been ancillary and important, like, like important to, to Splunk customers, Splunk admins, but they right. weren't like the is first it, and foremost. Pulsar, is that the message bus? Uh, that's, and, that's part of, yeah, that's part of the architecture of underlying DSP. Yeah. But I mean, you have like um, Kafka, um, you've got all the, the cloud providers, uh, you know, Kinesis and Azure event hubs and GCP PubSub. Um, and then, you know, if you think back in time, you know, you've got um, uh, JQ, jQuery, no, not jQuery, MQ, MQ. Oh, yeah, um, IBM. Different, yeah, IBM had had one. There's a, you know, a variety of different compatible queuing systems. Like t- what, um, what makes a, is a message, I'll disclose my ignorance, but is a message bust, bust, a message a message bust is a message, message bus that's gone bust. Yes. Um, is it essentially a queue, a glorified queue with like resiliency and? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's instead of, you know, um, send it and forget it, right? There's some sort of guarantee. Uh, and sometimes they get the guarantees, you know, have certain levels of guarantees, you know, resilience, and, you know, maybe uh, deliver once, you know, you might, must deliver this one time and no more than one time. Um, you know, I have to be able to scale. So scalability, then the, the guarantees get more complex because what if you have kind of a split brain scenario and this cluster doesn't know what that node did. And so there's a lot of complexity to, to do that at scale. So could a message bus be a, like a, 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 a permeable such that it could be a queue or it could be a stack. Um, it could send once and drop things from the bus it could have a cursor so it moves along, but something else can continue to read from the bus. Does it, is that the idea that like, we're going to make this whole construct sophisticated and therefore we're abstracting it out as, as its own thing instead of being a, a bolt on of some other technology? I think the answer is yes. I mean, kind of getting to where you're, I mean, think about the, the types of data ingestion that Splunk customers are typically dealing with, uh, syslog and f- files, you know, log files. So, you know, when you have um, messages that you, it's okay if you miss one or two, you know, like maybe some performance metrics coming off of a, you know, a workstation, you know, who cares, whatever. A little more you know, ephemeral. You don't have and, to have yeah. perfection there. But if you're talking about um, my credit card processing transactions run through this system and I do some downstream analytics based on that and, you can't drop any, or if it's a security use case, and you got to make sure that, um, you know, the the noise that that might not be noise, it might actually be significant, you know, that you're going to miss something if it's so. You know, pe- people as they, as their the landscape of the data that they have changes, you have to think through the architecture. And if you're moving things to the cloud, then that architecture is probably going to involve a, a message bus technology, because that's what the cloud providers have. Uh, been standardizing on it's not standardized past tense it's work in progress because you'll you'll see sometimes that because these 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 cloud providers are big companies with a bunch of different teams working on different aspects of them and they might come out with a new feature or service that doesn't actually hey the you know microsoft did a thing and azure such and such doesn't actually you know spit data out to event hubs that kind of scenario i've seen that happen a lot so what what brings up your message bus inquiry other than trying to pivot us back to technology? That was basically it. okay. It's just a fascinating bit of technology that that I've been you know, involved in in different 
capacities uh, at Splunk and, and before, really. Without making any, uh, without like speaking about roadmap, like we're not talking about any actual, like just theoretically, mm-hmm. um, do you, like I can imagine, again, just theoretically, not talking about anything we know or don't know, um, but theoretically, I always think about Listeners like know that you and I are the one that, that makes some of those rules or it revolved in enforcing them for other people. Don't tell anyone. Um, so I, blah, 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 blah. I always think about like modular inputs um, and like scalability of that. And then when you mentioned message bus, like my mind immediately went to like, oh, that would be that would be interesting. So like, I wonder if. Um, be it DSP or some other like future, mm-hmm. if we if we would see this really helping people out, especially like think about like heck where you're like publishing, mm-hmm. you're publishing to an endpoint and like I don't exactly well, heck, remember heck what happens interesting if because heck you, goes you down. look at it and you think that oh that's that's a message bus. It's actually not a message bus. It's kind of like an unmanaged pipeline. It's like a like a a, a nozzle. By the way, un- whatever it's coming unmanaged into. pipeline is the name of our '80s hair band, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, heck is not smart in that sense. It's, it's a web server and it, and it responds to requests that happen to be posts instead of a get, which is usually what you think about with a web server. Um, there's no management to, to any of the data that is entering it. That oh, so that the heck endpoint acknowledgement, but is essentially a very that's trivial only thing. Like, yeah. That's like 30% of the problem. Yeah. Um, the rest of it is, is, you know, thinking about, um, uh, back pressure, you know, like what if the receiver can't handle the load? Then you have to slow you it down. You can't handle the load. <laughs> so things like Kafka will will handle all these different edge cases. So when when you have um, your data, you used to have control over it in the sense that you know how how to put a forwarder on a on a workstation or a server, or you knew how to um, put a forwarder on your syslog server it gets more complex. You have to think of new, new architectures when you're moving things to the cloud or when you're otherwise having to re- react to a business requirement of, hey, we are sending our data to Kafka instead of log files. You got to go there to get your your machine data. Yeah, I'm picturing a world where like, what do we and call it? very common, by the way. Serverless architecture. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I first joined Splunk, we were still very focused on like, how do we how do we add the forwarder as just part of the image whenever we provision a new instance or server? Mm-hmm. And now it's more like we don't provision servers. We just have services and it is not appropriate for a number of reasons to put a forwarder on there. So instead let's have that service, that container, microservice, whatever, publish this material to a bus where yep. it then is getting channeled through to Splunk. Yep, I see. So the bus becomes really a conduit towards like the modern architectures. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So it's a great topic for people to learn about if they're not familiar with it, because everything is kind of headed towards that. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, it's not like your servers are going away necessarily, but some of them will. Does it also know how to get the data in from those? With like cloud services, you know, there's, I I think of it almost like a, a cell, like a, like um, an animal cell, okay. and you got you got your cell wall. Then you got your hey connecting audio. You've got your like mitochondria and your ribosomes and like all and this your, stuff. And your all your like 
your Mandalorians, your Metachlorians. Metachlorians, yep. Um, everything's like moving around in there. The, mm. All your think of that like all your EC2 instances or your your um, serverless architecture, and they're all like trying to communicate out, and this becomes a funnel to come out of that. So, mm -hmm. okay, yep. awesome, you got it, man. Perfect, wrapped up right in time for our special guests. Hi, how are you guys doing? Melissa, you're currently on mute. Renita, you're looking healthy. I know we had uh, a worry that you might be under the weather. Yeah, too much Thai and my stomach was like, I'm gonna let that pass. Oh, I've never had that excuse on air before. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's um, honest. I mean, I've had that happen. Mm -hmm. You should Indian, not Thai with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, Thai has like different levels of spice, and mm -hmm. if you go beyond your usual, things happen. I so, was <laughs> the uh, the little purple pill. That's yeah, advertisement there. Uh, um, are, are are they paying us? GI issues aside, um, <laughs> it I, it is interesting though. Like uh, before uh, yesterday, we were just checking in. Um, a little behind the scenes stuff um, just to make sure everyone was ready to go for today. And uh, I saw Renita had the, um, the under the weather icon as her status. And it's interesting how these days when you see that you think, Oh, COVID yeah. <laughs> like yeah. your mind just jumps to the worst. And it's like, no, I just, I ate Thai food too spicy. Yeah. I mean, I was on a call yesterday and uh, some, some, someone had mentioned that they were ill and the other guy was like oh yeah I went through it it's like a couple of weeks of hell I was like am I the only person on the call that, that has not had COVID I am the only person on this call <laughs> like okay no, um, but hey uh, before we get into it I think we need to do a shirt check because we all have actually interesting and uh, perhaps unique and less seen okay wah, 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 wah. shirt Ooh. check shirt check just my short type what we got um. here join the <laughs> So let's all read read our our uh, shirts for our audio only friends. Uh, Hal, you get to go first. Oh, uh, you're you're just my source type. This was one of the ones I got during conf uh, recently. Oh, very cool, uh, Melissa. Oh, sorry. Oh, I realized I should have done our guests first. Yeah, you should have, but you went to me, so I had to <laughs> me first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, join the in cloud. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Um. I, we're going to do yours last, Renita, because I think it's going to be the most interesting because uh, I've worn this one before. Uh, uh, data slash doing GI, GI, uh, turning data into doing globally case insensitive. Um, nice but trick there. Renita, what, <laughs> what, is, what is yours and how did you get that? Oh, I was an intern at Splunk and this is the shirt every intern gets. I and what does it read? You know, it reads a Splunk tone is some kind of bird, right? I love it. I've not actually seen the shirt before, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I chose this. I kind of had a feeling that you wouldn't have seen this because this is like very uh, restricted to interns. Yeah. She's saying she she's exclusive. She's got um, you know the the fancy like swag. She's very very exclusive. Yeah. So let's let's meet our guest officially here. So, yeah. um, Renita, why don't you start us off? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and include the uh, the intern story, please. Yeah, your yeah, your sure. origin story. Yeah, my origin story. I like that. Um, so I've been at Splunk a little over a year now, and that's after my internship. Um, 
I was doing my master's in Texas and uh, during my internship, I worked on the Splunk IoT product, uh, which has since been folded in to the main uh, platform. And uh, before my- Were you, were you a de developer or a product management? What were you doing for that project? Yeah, so I, I did my master's in business administration. And uh, before that, I was back in India in Morgan Stanley as a software developer. And I was a Splunk customer at that time. So mm -hmm. my manager had discovered Splunk and he kind of gave it to me and was like, go play with it, go teach yourself and figure out what we can do with it. And uh, I love that journey. Like I am a self-taught Splunker. I got uh, certified and I built those like dashboards and reports. And I really found a lot of joy finding the needle in the haystack with mm -hmm. Splunk. Um, so and just to clarify, so you've got, you know, an engineering background, mm -hmm. um, but when you were an intern and you were working on IoT, uh, were you, in, um, what in was your role? Marketing. Oh, in marketing. marketing. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you, you know, MBA developer, uh, you know, marketing. So you've done a, a few different things. A few different things. Yes. That's awesome. Um, yeah, like I was saying back at Morgan Stanley, uh, once I had like productionized our Splunk dashboards and stuff, um, other teams like started coming to me asking, oh, how did you do this? What, how can you use this? And I love telling them that story like, oh, you know what, Splunk can help you do this and mm -hmm. you don't have to like parse through your logs and do the grep over and over again. And uh, I love doing that sort of, you know, discovery journey for other folks and that's where i thought okay i should switch to marketing maybe All right. and i like i'm here at splunk i like the phrase uh, do the grep over and over again it sounds like a song <laughs> lyric to like an, yeah. a hammer song like do the grep <laughs> like do the fart band <laughs> so where did you land now it sounds like you're in marketing at splunk now yes i'm in product marketing for splunk platform okay awesome so let's go over to Melissa and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Yeah, I um, let's just start. I'm in marketing and I um, focus on our current customers. So I've been at Splunk a little over two years. I have always been in marketing. I don't have the uh, crazy background, probably like all of you, um, but I've always focused on demand generation, but um, customer success marketing, as mm -hmm. well as additional things like customer experience. So here at Splunk, I am in also in product marketing because I am a global role and I am making sure that our customers have content that they need to make sure they're using the software. And so I get to work with very fun cross-divisional teams to make sure we're pulling in the right content at the right time. And then, you know, reach to one to many, and then also make sure I have tailored tools for our customer success team to use as they're working awesome. with customers. And I have a tight partnership with our community team. And, and that's an amazing partnership because we want to put that content where our customers are. And awesome. so I think we had, do we have Jason on the show to talk about community at one point? Yes. yes. I'm, I'm trying to remember uh, if that was before or after the new. I'm going to say episode launched. three. <laughs> So um, I want to get into that, but before I do that, um, marketing is, and I don't know if, if people like know 
you know, people who are not in marketing, they are might you not about to this. tell us what marketing is? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to I'm going to pull at this angle that I think is interesting, which is how much data is involved in marketing. So I was wondering, yeah. maybe you could kind of talk to the types of data that marketing uses to to make decisions, and, and, and how does that feel at Splunk, and do you have any? interesting stories around that. that. That is a very acute angle that you pulled, Hal. Yeah. Well, I am going to stick to customer marketing because okay, that's sure. where I live. Um, but from you're right, from a, a marketing perspective, we tap into our data. Um, and again, we want to just tap into that data that we're going to make smart decisions about how we market to them. So what, um, what we do from a, a customer marketing perspective is obviously look at the products that the customers are using. We also can tell research on the back end from the web. Uh, and then we also talk to customer success managers and get that like anecdotal data as well. Um, but we take that and we try to look at patterns and behaviors. So number one, send you information on what you already own so that you're using it and that you want to continue to use it, but also send you additional information on what might be the next best thing for you to try or that next mm -hmm. use case that you might want to discover um, with Splunk. And so, so how do you make it relevant? How do you make it relevant is also, we have, of course, our customer contact because they fill out forms, right? Because right. they want to watch webinars or they want, um, or we have their information based on downloads. So, we very try to get very specific in the target. Like we wouldn't want to send content to um, an admin that's not relevant to an admin task, right? Mm -hmm. If you're an architect or an engineer or developer, it's very different information. Right, right. And so we try to get down to that persona in the title. Uh, but a lot of what I do is try not to assume what a customer might want to learn about next and try mm -hmm. to open up to all the personas. Because nowadays we're seeing IT, security, DevOps, all of that kind of blends together, especially mm -hmm. in functionality and what Splunk can offer. And so in programs that I run, I also try to say, well, let me just promote everything at once and then let customers choose what they're interested in watching. Because I can't, even with the data, I don't know what's in your head. I don't yeah. know, unless, I, unless we're looking at future behaviors I can only assume so much. So well, and, and I think it's important to have some humility. And and you yeah. mentioned you, that you go and, and uh, you know do surveys and and hear anecdotes from customers. Does that have ever have you ever been surprised by what you learned in some of those anecdotal you know check-ins? Like the data uh, suggested something, and people are telling you something different. I don't know if I've had that experience yet here at Splunk. <laughs> Um, just because our customers are so passionate about yeah, just yeah. any type of information coming. Hey, that's, uh, that's a good problem yeah. to have. On the flip side, though, I'll say that, you know, in, in our Tech Talk series, we initially started asking poll questions just really quickly at the end of mm -hmm. like, what other talks would you like to hear about? Mm -hmm. Or was this relevant to your role? Like, what? how did this right, work? Right, right. I feel like we were getting the same answers about what they wanted to hear about next. It's those big use cases or the, or the typical Splunk use cases. And, mm -hmm. um, and then was it relevant to what you wanted to hear? Of course, most people were saying, of course, because yeah, yeah why yeah. would have they signed up if they weren't, yeah. you know, if so they these are people that are passionate and they're, they want to learn more yeah. and they're, they just want more. <laughs> so yeah. they're not, they're not being very discerning, I guess, in that, in that yeah. case. And when you flip it over to demand gen, like when we're talking about prospects, of course, it's different, right? You're going to get 
across the board marks on, well, this wasn't relevant to me, or maybe you didn't go as deep as I wanted to, just because your, your message is a little bit higher. But of course, from customer marketing, we got to get deep. We got to show them how to do it and make sure that they're, you know, wanting to continue. Yeah. So let's, so I, I think, you know, at this point, a lot of our loyal uh, listeners, and by that, I mean, both of them, um, would probably, <laughs> uh, would probably say, Hey, wait a second. This small- Are we going to the ice bucket challenge? Yes. Oh! Okay. Yeah. 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 You guys, Did everyone prepared their buckets their ready, bucket, right? Oh, well, well. It's water, water count. Do it next day. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, mine's not so much a bucket as a cup and not yeah. so much ice as it is just water. And it's not so much going in my head as in my mouth. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> challenge accepted uh so i think a lot of people would hear okay you know this is a lot of insight into like marketing but i thought we were gonna talk about like tech talks tech and talks. you you know melissa used um some really interesting points that i want to highlight because you were talking about look there's different sides to marketing i think we've even had people on that are in like technical marketing yeah. and marketing especially from like an engineer at least people with my pedigree um, kind of have grown up with like having a bad feel for marketing that it's like, you know, desperate for pushing sales or, or whatever. And what they don't see is this other, these other angles. So like in technical marketing where it's like, well, we're actually trying to show how the product can be used most effectively. Yes, it's marketing, but it's also certainly got layers of enablement and education to it. Um, and then likewise with the tech talks, it, it's just what you're doing with the tech talks. It, the, well, we, I think we need to back up and have them <laughs> yes. tell us what, what they're they? doing with well, the tech no, talks no, I, first. I, yeah. I, this is my hook into what they are is like, right. Hey, here's, here's marketing, but like, boy, this is, this is like altruistic. It's like, we just want you to be successful. And that was what was so compelling about having the two of you on today. So with that, what is so altruistic? What are tech talks? Tell us about this program. Okay. Uh, So tech talks is deep dives into technical content. And when you think about customer marketing or, you know, retention marketing, it's all about making sure our customers are onboarding, they're adopting and using what they've purchased, but it's also about, tips and tricks, right? Of things that maybe they didn't know about. So the idea of tech talks is around in the market everywhere. I think I get emails all the time of different tech talks from technology companies. Uh, But what it's trying to do is give you that short snippet. So you're not sitting through an hour long webinar. The idea behind it was how do we present content to our current customers, giving them the latest features and functionality of what they already have. Um, in some cases, it might be brand new because we just launched it. In some cases, it might be a situation where they didn't realize they could do that with the software. And so what we try to do is say, here's a pain point or here's a functionality. Let's tell you a short snippet about it, but then let's show it to you. So Tech Talks really is that short webinar, technical deep dive with a little bit of talking and a lot of demoing. So this is, you know, given that we're in the middle of a, a pandemic, these are... Um, <laughs> events that let me guess are hosted in the lobby of a holiday inn all in person <laughs> and they take six hours what's yeah. what's the format how do we do these yeah short format they're 20 to 25 minutes long and they're very similar 
in the format, meaning you give a one to two minute, I don't want to say problem statement, but it's almost like a one to two point, like here's a pain or here's a functional of something that's happening in the world, in your business. And here's the product that Splunk can use to solve it. Obviously they already know the product because they have it. And so it just quickly says, okay, here's, here's, here's how we'll solve it in Splunk. And then it goes right into the demo of showing you how to solve it in Splunk. Okay. And then at the very, very end, we give you the additional resources to continue on your journey with the product. So that includes things like discussions in the community, um, documentation, doc papers, um, training courses, all of those things are included to continue mm -hmm. on the journey. And so and it's really just giving you the tools you need. And are these, um, so they're, I'm guessing they're virtual, like they're all, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. so um, I keep I keep seeing Renita's microphone, uh, you know, un unmute, and she starts to say something. She doesn't say anything. Oh, sorry. Hop in, please, because oh, yes. we want to make sure that we hear from you as well. Yeah, you got to attack it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, happy to. Yeah, I agree with how Melissa put out the process. That's exactly what we do. Uh, and the additional resources are actually also sent out to everyone who registers for the tech talks. So you have like a toolkit of stuff to go deeper and try it out yourself. And like she said, it may be a product or it may be a feature within the product or maybe just an app that you use with Splunk for some additional use cases or capabilities. You know, oh. one of the things that I love about like Conf is that you get to hear from like other customers or like the engineers or the people, like the sales engineers or the, the engineers that develop the product. Um, for the tech talks, uh, what what caliber of talent are you bringing to this show? Uh, so we typically work with our product managers as well as specialists in the sales organization who are like talking to the customers, whether like new prospects or existing customers on a day-to-day -day basis. And they can tell us like, okay, this is something that's like, asked by our customers a lot, or this is something that will really help them in solving this particular problem. So that's where we uh, say, okay, let, let's take this up and we can bunch it together with some other things and create a whole tech talk on it. And that's where the uh, caliber comes in, where it's, it's the product manager, it's the specialist who is, or, or like a technical marketing manager, like you referred to before, who are doing the in-product demos. Oh, so, so these I'm, are I'm people on that our, really know it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm on our webpage. Where do I find these tech talks? Ooh, go to the community site. <gasps> uh, yeah, so our website is really great for talking about the products and the features. When it gets into more of that technical customer, we partnered with the community team. And so if you go to community.splunk.com, there is a new area that was launched called discussions. And when you open up discussions, there are different buying, like different of our buying center discussions, but then Splunk Tech Talks has its own section. Oh, and that. we have over 51,000 eyeballs. I'm super proud of that since I run that section. So a lot more than this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so when, so what happens is, um, everything goes on that tech talk discussion. It's like a blog forum 
And so I, I post everything there with all of the links to the webinars, as well as all of the Q&A that happens in the live webinars, as well as all those follow-up materials. And again, the reason that I have it on this site is that the tagging and the labels align with everything that's going on in answers and the discussions. And so mm -hmm. if you're in here and you're searching for phantom or, you know, miter attack, you type it in, you're going to see those discussions, but you're also going to see the tech talks. And so that, Ooh, that's the, cool. so the goal was the partnership with community is we want customer engagement. This is where we're trying to push our customers to go. So why shouldn't the content live here? Yeah. All right. That Here's a sense. challenging question. Um, um, what are you going to say? Like, let's go ahead and end the call so we can get on the phone with Jason so we can get the podcast on the site. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Sorry, I interrupted. You. What do you, <laughs> oh, it's good. What do you, what do you, so do people have to, people tend to be, have an aversion to like registering for, for yeah. events. Um, they, they don't want to get like the follow-up or, or any sort of hassle or anything. Um, what, what's the situation here and, and yeah. make it worth their while because I do yeah. believe it's worth their, their while. These are, yeah are really quite educational. These well, before, before we answer that, because that is important, yeah. I, I want to give people a sense of what's on there. And I, I could, I mean, I, find root causes Ooh. in minutes with Splunk APM, uh, understanding phantoms, join logic. These are some pretty detailed things. Do you want to, you know, pick, pick one, Melissa, and kind of, you know, kind of unpack the type of, uh, you know, the feel of that, of that content? Well, I'm going to let Renita do that because yeah, she is our expert in Splunk Cloud and she has been on many of tech talks so i would love for her to run through we have a celebrity in here awesome. she is our celebrity yes our splunk liberty <laughs> that's a okay. new t-shirt we need a new t-shirt to the splunk <laughs> yeah uh sure so one of the tech talks i did was on uh the cloud monitoring console mm -hmm. which is an app that comes with splunk cloud and uh I worked with the product manager, Alan Due on that one. And so you kind of, uh, first it, it starts with, why do you need it? Uh, what does it help you do? What does it help you achieve? Which is obviously monitoring your cloud stacks, figuring out uh, the health of them. If there are any recommendations, uh, it can also like tell you if you have to upgrade, what are the pre-checks that you want to run through before you can do an upgrade? So things like that. And then Alan jumps into the actual demo of it. So it's like a 15, 20 minute long demo of uh, where do you find the app? Like start at the basic, you log into Splunk Cloud, where do you go to find the Cloud Monitoring Console app? And then what's the first thing you see? The overview tab. And then what are the other tabs? And what's the sort of information you get on each of them? And then how do you read that information? What are the next actions that you can take to see some of those red or orange bars turn to green, for example. And that's an amazing thing to uh, like explore for cloud customers because that app will tell you what's your license usage, how can you optimize your stack, cloud stack, so that you're getting the most out of your Splunk deployments. So yeah, that that's... Awesome. So I, I want to highlight some, everything you said there sounds again, like, like altruistic, like it's, it's an app that is in your deployment already. If you're a cloud customer and if you're not, you're on-prem, there's the monitoring console, the equivalent. Um, but 
it's something you already have that you're probably not using that everyone, when they start uses it, using it goes, wow, this is awesome. I wish I knew to use this. And now you can learn about how to use it. Like that's a win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as Melissa can also attest to, after every single tech talk, we reach out to our specialists or product managers to for see money, right? Back. Sorry, <laughs> you reach out to them for money, right? For money. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can call it money. Like, what's the impact that we had through our yeah, tech yeah. talk, right? So, uh, from the cloud monitoring console tech talk, uh, our product managers reached out to us and they were like, oh my God, we saw this huge spike in app usage right after this like happened. So that, that's a great testament to how these tech talks are being used by our customers to like adopt in, uh, adopt more and more of Splunk. And that, that's pretty interesting. Cause you got Alan, like he's literally the PM for this. Mm-hmm. And that means that the questions that come up or, or the topics like that, that's the guy shaping this material. Yes. Um, and I, I don't know, are there, is there questions and answers at the end? Is it pre-recorded or is it live? What's the format there? Oh, we're telling you all our secrets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is Q and a, but it's during like during the chat, it's not at the end. We don't go live with live talking at the end, but we answer questions throughout. Oh, so yes, like in essence, conf. so in essence, they're taped, and so that nothing goes wrong with the demo. <laughs> and then um, we answer questions throughout. And and like I mentioned, like if those questions come up, then I just put them in the discussion forum too for afterwards for for others. That's cool. Um, and then now the PM is is you know, really getting that direct feedback from, from customers. Yeah. yeah. So to answer your question about registration or, you know, the marketing oh, yeah. term of this. Um, so there is registration. We use on 24 to, to push our webinars and we do register require registration just so we know our numbers and things of that nature. But what I've done on the back end is make sure that these customers that are watching are not put in a lead scoring process. So if you think of demand gen marketing, where we're really trying to get that pipeline into our sales team, everything is scored and the amount of activities you do will then push someone's score over to then call, be called by sales. These are not included. It's, it's for adoption. We're watching just engagement. So just like Renita said, we're just seeing, you know, do the app usage go up? Do we see that the customers, you know, score from a customer success perspective is better. Uh, So in in essence, we're not scoring. We do capture their information just so we can tie it back to customer data, Um, but they're not going to be called by a salesperson. So based on, based on watching. And people are going to already have a Splunk.com login. Generally, the, the, the people that are coming and the, a lot of them will have um, downloaded Splunk and had to create an account that way, the, yeah. those types of interactions with us or joined a webinar, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So every time I go in to test my forms, everything's pre-populated. I just have mm-hmm. to pick my time <laughs> of what I want to attend. Uh, but yeah, we, we make that form part pretty easy. Good deal. So what are some of the, uh, do you have a sense of what, what some of the most popular articles are or you know, things that you're going to be doing differently uh, or, or you know, heading different direction that you want to talk about? 
Yeah, as we go into the next year, we, we launched these in April. So there's a lot of lessons learned so far. Um, we started out promoting one at a time and that's good when you start slow, but now we're up to six a month and I actually broadcast them live in two time zones. So in essence, that's 12 a month. <laughs> and so it gets a little hectic. Um, so what we're the finding- two time zones, um, Pacific, time and not Pacific time? Yeah, we actually, <laughs> we actually broadcast for our EMEA audience uh, at one time. And then we broadcast again for Amer time. And um, for APAC, we, we, we leave it on demand, but that's part of a new strategy moving forward is testing this out um, with an on-demand strategy for the English speaking countries. In my, my cup or, of, of of terminology has filled up. So now I need to oh. pour it out. And okay, so demand gen is demand generation. Amer yeah. is America's. America's, I'm APAC sorry. is- uh, Asia Pacific. Asia Pacific. Pacific. Yeah. yeah. And EMEA is uh, Europe, Europe, Middle, Middle East. And Asia. 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 And Europe and Asia. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, were there are other, <laughs> yeah, leads, uh, funnel. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I yeah, think, we <laughs> I think we've, we've caught everyone up. Okay. Um, all right. So anyway, the lesson learned was one at a time, too many overlaps. Of course, we're, we're promoting to admins and analysts because this type of content really resonates with the doers. And so, uh, there was too much overlap with the volume that we were producing. And so we do, um, promote by month now. So all of the topics for December are promoted at once and all the topics for January are promoted at once. But what happens is that makes for a very long email and a very long landing page of the information just to, to catch and understand if you wanna register. So we're gonna be making some changes to our emails, especially to uh, be better for all of our regions <laughs> and languages. And, and hopefully that'll help moving forward. The other thing is because of volume and because of feedback and things that we want to get out there for, for just customers using our product, we'll probably go to an on-demand posting as well. So we'll have oh. live on certain days and then we'll also promote when content will be on demand because there's no way to, it's, a lot more work to go live, but it's easy to post a lot more on demand. So we're going to work on another, you know, format of a web presence as well as formats for on demand being probably shorter than the 25 minutes. They'll probably be more 15. And then that way we can get more content out there for customers. Do you see that being um, no question and answer then? Like no interactivity if it's on demand? So the on demand, no. But the other idea is maybe once a quarter, have just live Q and A, like, Hey, here are the, here are the product marketers and the product managers free for all, right. And mm. do that live. So that's another idea too, but I'd love to hear ideas from customers as well. So I've put up even a, an article within the discussion saying, Hey, what do you want to hear about? Are there topics that you want to know or want to want Splunk to present on and even, you know, build that editorial calendar and get more content out there. But I think having maybe we're going to try it, try a live session and see how that goes. And then that, that could be a, could be a free for all. It could be fun. I don't know. <laughs> Do it live. 
what what melissa is not mentioning here is the amount of legwork that she does into making all of these live sessions a possibility like, go on uh, <laughs> it's an herculean amount of effort like just the logistics of getting the emails ready uh, prepping up for each of the tech talks getting the slides ready uploading them to the platform the actual recording it's it's an endless list And well, that's why you have a thousand people working with you, right? <laughs> yeah, a large team. team. Yeah, twenty people. Of team of one. Team of one. Right team of one right now. <laughs> we got we got to streamline. Need more people. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. what what are some future topics? Are you allowed to to speak about any any future future facing things? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we've already published all of the December ones. We just had some tech talks this week and we'll have more on the 15th of December. But going into January, uh, we're having Smart Store. So that'll be coming up. Um, we are gonna push one on demand just about pricing. I think a lot of our customers just wanna have some more information about pricing models. Uh, we have more topics on- Is that the, is that the one I'm doing? Yeah, are you? Are, are you gonna? I think I might be. You think? Yeah. I might be. I don't know. What are you pricing for us? I don't know. About work workload. Um, let's see. We we also have a retail series that we're doing. We actually have one this month, and we'll have a couple more coming up. So we're gonna package those as a series after we're done. So like for customers in that space. In like retail. Yeah. Yeah. Typically we just cover IT security platform, admin, DevOps, but we're, we're kind of, we're playing with retail just to see how that goes. Um, from the IT space, we're looking at glass tables mm -hmm. and the universal mm -hmm. glass tables. Yeah. The, the universal dashboard framework. I love those also. UDF yeah. comes up a lot here. It does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, some, Kubernetes monitoring. I know we do a lot of stuff from a damp man gen on monitoring, but I really want to do a deep dive into that. So that's that's one's coming up too. That sounds like a a good list. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Renita, so you're often presenting in these. Yes. Um, like, do do you do all of them, or do you have peers doing? Sounds like sometimes she's interviewing the the PMs. I haven't seen one yet, so I got you know now I have some some homework to do. To, to, right. In to... all honesty, I've done four, and there have been a lot of them uh, since April 2020. So I'm wow. like one of the PMs who contributes to these tech talks. So for each tech talk, it's a combination of one PMM and a PM or a specialist, or someone like from the field or like very gotcha. close to the product. And Makes sense. Uh, just thinking uh, uh, again, you know, sometimes Hal and I, well, often we like deliberately don't expose ourselves too much to the the material because we want to be able to ask the same questions that our audience would would ask when they don't know um, any of these things. So uh, if we so want to learn more, our ignorance is real. Is what we're our ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a shirt. My ignorance is real. Um, so we talked about some emails, but we also talked about like register, um, going to the community pages to, to register, uh, it, like, is it, is it both or 
yeah, like once you register for one, do you get exposed to learning about the other ones? So there are multiple things going on. Um, yeah. And so I tell everyone just to go to the community site. Okay. <laughs> because in, uh, in the discussion area, we've got some widgets on the side. And I put in there, subscribe to Tech Talks. If you want to receive all the emails, click here. And that's, again, just another quick form. And it just says, hey, if you fill this out, you're going to get every single monthly email about the topics coming up. The other thing on there is um, just going back to Splunk Go, which is our uh, an infographic for our customers. But within that site, I'm trying to, I, I continually push people back to the discussion because they can find it, always find everything there. And I've labeled everything, but yeah. So in essence, I'm only promoting to admin and analysts. So if there was another title that wanted to see, they would have to, you know, subscribe or, um, or a colleague would forward it to them. We don't want to go just talking about marketing and not just our database. You know, we're just trying to be really sensitive about how many people we email because email is a lot right now and webinars are a lot right now. Um, but to get started, I would say, yes, you could go to the community site or if you received an email, we cross promote, subscribe and go to the community site. And then that way I'm trying to teach our customers how to fish, how to go to the site and just learn about that. Um, yeah. Nice. What, uh, any like interesting um, challenges or shenanigans or, you know, behind the scenes, people always like hearing about that, like, wow, this looks like a great finished product. It sounds like it was so easy to produce, but like any, any weird issues? Like, I mean, certainly trying to get people's time, I imagine right now has been weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always an issue <laughs> getting people's time. And that's where Melissa has been really helpful in like getting all of us content producers, like, giving us a heads up a month in advance, sometimes two months in advance, like this is your checklist, go do it. <laughs> Start poking your content specialist that, hey, you have to do this by this date and so that everything like falls in place. And even with all of that, sometimes just basic technical stuff, right? The demo environment is not ready yet. <laughs> and then oh my you, gosh. you don't have the demo video up until the last minute. So normal stuff like that. Yeah, like from my, yeah, from my end, um, and this might be, you know, a tweak that we make going forward is with on 24, when you're recording slides, you call in through a phone, but when you, what? but when you upload the demo, it's recorded from your computer. So when you splice it all together, oh wow, you have a change in volume Oh, <laughs> and the audio quality. Yeah, funny, because we the phone. About that. Uh, yeah, and and that I put everything in the meeting request for when we record. Call in with your phone and did da, 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 or and it always is like what like <laughs> so I'm trying. We might try some techniques where we just have everybody record the whole thing together and just send me a file versus because calling out the, it just the volume changes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's yeah. like, what's what is he? And then me and Alyssa just going into iMovie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Freeze frames and graphic equalizers and stuff. Yeah, we can relate. So we have similar challenges on the podcast. Yeah. 
And so, same thing from vault, like leaving the demo back into back the slides. To the, yeah. Um, some it's people like drop off. cut their demo right at the end. And I'm like five seconds of silence. Cause it has to like jump back. So depending on your bandwidth, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you're watching the, the webinar, it could cut off some of the words. So there's a lot of things we've learned along the way, which might change how we record. Gotcha. So, um, and anything else we want to talk about? So I think we, we did a great job covering uh, the tech talks, which we want to send people to community.splunk.com and go to the, the discussions link and you'll see Splunk tech talks category there. Anything else you want to bring up? I think for me, it's just constant feedback. And mm -hmm. like I mentioned, I put a article up there. Just what do you want to hear about? It's gotten some eyeballs, but no comments yet. Um, I think Again, because we trolls attack <laughs> <laughs> because this just started you know, earlier this year, we were gaining traction globally. Um, and I'm trying to cross promote between all where our users are. Um, but I think we've got to be more creative to say, yeah, just give us some more feedback and, and maybe all the feedback will be the same, or we have the right process down for the content that we're already producing, but it's always good to get that, to get that feedback from customers or like, what do they might want to see in a demo versus in an education class or, you know, and that, short, what's new video. So that to be specific be on the community, that's bunk.com at that post. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Versus emailing us. Like they, they should go yeah. to the community, the relevant item. in. So community. how would we find that particular post or is there something that we can, and we can drop a link in the, in the show notes, but yeah. Um, yeah. Get the link down here. I always do this and we never put, we never superimpose it. <laughs> Oh, we'll do it now. Everyone yeah, do it. All four of us. Follow. Press this, yeah. Press this link right here. Yeah. <laughs> now, now because we have four squares, it's going to be four different links. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would definitely echo that. Uh, I've been wanting to hear more customer voice on how they're receiving the tech talks and what else would they like to see because as everyone knows we have like accelerated releases on cloud right now we definitely have a lot of content to put out there but it would be nice to hear from our customers on what they want to see very cool all right there's the call to action let us I, know what you want without without revealing any any personal information i have a very um important question so melissa does your sister still live around the corner from me she does okay good <laughs> I will keep my eyes out for someone Which that looks like you. Yeah. Uh, it's the she, corner. <laughs> over Thanksgiving, she's like, I, I wonder if I run into him. Like you actually came up over Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was out running. So there was, a, there was a good chance she did. Yeah. You've probably run into her husband running then because he oh, runs really? every morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Nobody lives near me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. One time when I joined the company actually, uh, and there were not, I don't know, there probably might've been five ten people in the state of georgia at the time probably oh, this was a five. long time ago in american history yeah or yeah, when i joined the company there might have been employees. five or ten employees in the state of georgia okay one of them was a sales rep and he lived across the street and uh, not across the street but like in the neighborhood you know just uh -huh. across the big street you know a, a mile away if that um but that's um nobody nobody lately so although oh, we do have scared like, them all away like how 75 or 80 people in the state now so it's Wow. Actually, uh, Rigor, you know, the um, the acquisition that, that just finalized recently, they're in Atlanta. Mm. So they're all based up here. Signal so, FX is in Morrisville because I'm in North Carolina. So that's oh, like cool. 
hop, skip, and a jump for me. Yeah. Neat. Renita, are you in the Bay Area? Yes, I am in San Jose. I do run into splunk hoodies here and there. <laughs> I'd imagine so. More often than not, engineers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Well, awesome. Uh, Renita, Melissa, thank you very much for spending time with us and let everybody know uh, about your projects, which I hope everybody will check out at community.splunk.com. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Happy splunking. Bye. <laughs> Bye.